I just hear a beep beep and I looked over and it was of course Zeebs with the with the blare with the with the tunes blaring in the car. He was he was all smiles, so he was in good form going to the match anyway. Listen, that's the way he's always played. Some coaches don't like it, uh, but he's always played with a, with a smile on his face, and I think it's the way the game should be played. House of Rugby United Rugby Championship, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome to the first episode of House of Rugby URC, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. This is a one-stop shop for all United Rugby Championship news, the latest goings on with Irish rugby, interviews with some of the game's biggest stars and a lot of crack thrown in along the way. <laughs> we'll see, we'll Hopefully. see. <laughs> uh, well look, we'll introduce ourselves anyway. Uh, my name is Jason Hennessy, I'm the founder of Rugby Lad, former host of the Up and Under podcast and the newest member of the Rugby Joe team. Hi, I'm Megan Williams, former Leinster and Irish international, and it's great to be here with Jason and the Sports Joe team. Yeah, well, look, enough about us, Megan, um, and to the rugby. Um, before we get into the United Rugby Championship, Megan, like, I just wanted to stop on something that's obviously very important to you. And as a former Ireland international, uh, the women yesterday, absolutely heartbreaking stuff to see them defeated by Scotland and miss out on a spot in the World Cup now. Oh, just uh, even just mentioning it again there, big change, a big. Um, you know, it's really emotional. It's actually quite hard to put into words. Yeah, how kind of heartbroken I am for the girls. I mean, a lot of number of them, you know, all my close friends that I played with in the past, you know, it's absolutely devastating. It's hard, you know, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work that goes unnoticed, especially with the women's team. Um, you know, it's really, really unlucky and, mm. you know, a cruel way to finish the hopes of them getting into the World Cup. And yeah, it's it's devastating. We've we've been down this road a few times though, like, and we've we've had problems in the past. We've seen the women's team, like we've seen them excel, but now we've seen them starting to decline again. And like everyone's trying to point fingers everywhere. I mean, I saw Sean O'Brien had an interesting tweet up mm-hmm. there. He said, "We break your heart looking at the Irish women's team after that defeat. The effort and sacrifice they make is incredible. And I think it's fair to say not enough is done for them. The powers that be need to do more, in my opinion. You've been in the setup. You've been there." What do they need to do more? Are they doing enough? We, we're only looking in from the outside. We're just seeing the results. We're just seeing the players on the pitch. What's going on? What can we, how can we fix this? Yeah, that's it, Jason. You're dead right. You know, people looking in, they only really see the numbers of the games and kind of always go back to like the negative side of what what more can Irish rugby do? And I've been part of the setup for a number of years. And I suppose in my experience, I can only say that I've had a very positive positive one you know the setup and the professionalism of the women the coaching staff the management you know it's, it's absolutely brilliant like we can ask for much more within an Irish camp setup you know like brilliant coaching yeah. on the weekends and behind the scenes as well there's a lot of support there through where it be um with the physios you know services there for mental health keeping us in check on and off the pitch you know it's it's brilliant i suppose the only way we fall fall a little bit short maybe compared to some of the other nations like the likes of england and france is they're offered full-time playing professional contracts yeah and a lot of the time the media says we're only amateur Amateur, amateur. That's all we have here. And that's hard to take because they're not amateurs, players, the Irish girls. They're professional rugby players. So they're just not being treated exactly. as professional players. Yeah. They're not given contracts. Exactly. Yeah. And that's um, that's where we find it really, really difficult because it gives us a little bit of a financial burden on the players because we have to 
work full time, yeah, as well as train, eat, sleep as a professional full time athlete, yeah, and managing that time and those expectations that people have of us is it can be very difficult. Yeah, like I remember you telling me there earlier on off air, like I mean you're you're up at half six in the morning, you're off to the gym, and then then <laughs> normal life starts. You gotta go to your job. That's you gotta it. spend a full day inside and work, and then go more likely you gotta go back to the train bitch. You've got another session, and you've got to manage all this. I mean, that's I can it. barely manage my job. Never mind, <laughs> never mind yeah. being an athlete on top of it. Like that, that's 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 a lot to ask of one person, and then give out to them when they can't qualify for a competition that has, as you said, the likes of England and 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 and, and France, who have full time professional ladies playing. That's it's right. crazy. Yeah, and you can see that in the results there from this season's internet. Um, Six Nations as well and you know we want to um, give every opportunity to the players that we have here the best rugby we can but at the moment we're falling short on that so a lot of the players a lot of our best players are actually flying over to the UK and living and working over there to play in the Premiership Yeah, and coming back then to, to, to Irish camps most weekends as well so it's, it's difficult for, 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 for them to, to juggle all that too yeah. and but like we, ha- there's such a. It comes from the grassroots here in Ireland, and the women's game has come on leaps and bounds over yeah. the last few years. And I've been part of that. and It's been amazing to watch, and like the the talents like we have, Baby Parsons mm. and Dorothy Wall, who is you're only eighteen, nineteen, yeah. and they've made such a huge impact into the squad that there is at the moment. Mm. It's heartbreaking to watch it too, because you know a number of those players might be looking to retire now. Yeah. And we do need those young girls coming through the roots, coming up through the the club rugby and into the the Irish setups, you know, under twenty level. Yeah. Then you have Leinster, Munster, Connacht provinces, Ulster as well. And you know, we need the facilities and the training days and the the matches yeah. to see fit. Yeah, I know what you mean. So we need to look at like getting these, get more games for these four provinces, or we need to look at getting them into a competition where there's going to be an opportunity there for more games. Or if we can't do that and we don't have the resources to do that, which I I think we do, I think we do. We're just not, we're not giving, we're not affording the resources. Or we just got to go. Okay, guys, you got to go to England. You got to go play in the, the Premiership over in England, and you got to get your professional contracts, and then we can compete Bring at the team. high level at the international. Otherwise, yeah, it's just, we're going to be back here again in, in, in what three, four, five years time and come back to the Six Nations, but. Look, so uh, yeah, I suppose on a really positive note, like we just have to take away what's happened over the last few weeks of the games. You know, women's sports, women, r- women's rugby is up and coming in all nations, and yep. it's amazing to watch, amazing to see. Like, and it's just really unfortunate that we're not going to have a chance yeah. to to play in that World Cup because yeah. we deserve to be there, yeah. without a doubt. Hundred percent. Um, so we can just go back to the drawing board now, as a collective, and just work on on areas that we need to improve on. And come back better That's it. and stronger. That's it. Look, look, we can look. The best way to look at it is, is look at a positive. This period now, you're not going to be at the World Cup. Let's 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 use it. Yeah, let's, let's look at the it. next competition, which is the Six Nations, yeah. and we have to we it's have to, we have to do well in that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and and build a core team that's going to build and build it up together. Um, but I see so much for this for this squad yeah. and the coaching staff, and I just my heart is with them at the moment. It's really really difficult. Yeah. Disappointing weekend, but look, we, life moves on. That's life moves on. 
So look, let's get on. Let's get back on the positive note after that. I mean, and let's move on to the United Rugby Championship, which kicked off over the weekend. Um, it's a brand new competition uh, for anyone unaware of what it is. So what it is basically, essentially, it's an evolution of what began as the Celtic League, took us through the Pro 12, the Pro 14, and now a 16-team United Rugby Championship. So let's break it down to you in simple steps. So we've got, as I said, we've 16 teams, the original Pro 12, along with the addition of the four powerhouses of South African rugby. Each team plays 18 games in the league round. And the top eight teams in the league standings will qualify for the knockout stages. What is really exciting about this tournament, and as we've already mentioned, is the addition of the four South African teams. We have the Bulls, the Sharks, Stormers and the Lions. Yeah, and for anyone unaware, unaware of these teams and the Bulls, they're former three-time Super Rugby champions. Both the Sharks and the Lions have reached multiple Super Rugby finals. Um, we're not mentioning as well the fact that these clubs are absolutely stacked with Springbok internationals, as well as a lot of up and coming, up and coming South African players, um, expect to see the likes of C. Khaleesi, um, Springbok's captain, of course, World Cup winner, World Cup winning captain, should I say, um, Mornay Stain, who of course broke our hearts over the summer for the second successive Lions tour in South Africa, um, Marcel Kutsia, who Ulster fans will know very well, um, Lucanio Am, and uh, of course, uh, Maxola Mampimpi, the way South African winner, another absolute superstar, and that's only naming a few. Sounds really exciting. So now I'm going to introduce you to our guest of the week, former Connacht, Munster, Benetton and Ireland out half, Ian Keatley. Ian, welcome to our first show. Can I ask about retirement yet or is it too early? Yeah, well, I was, I was clinging on for dear life. I, was, I still wanted to keep playing. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it is coming to an end. Um, nobody wants a 34-year-old uh, out half anymore, so... <laughs> It, it was tough, but I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the road, and um, now I'm looking to try and give back a little bit and get get into coaching. Oh, excellent, excellent! Who are you looking to get involved with? Well, at the moment, I'm working with the, the it was the Munster Under Twenties, and now that's moved on to the Munster Development Team, and then I'm going to be trying doing a bit of uh, taking a few of the academy lads as a kicking coach as well, and then I'm also doing um, a bit with Clonmel Rugby Football Club. Um, as their head coach there for the season, just to get as much experience as possible, really. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah it does. No, it's, like, I mean, it's, it's something you're looking to look into, like, as in, do you see this as a, a future career path? Like, is it something, are you enjoying it? Like, uh, Well, it's definitely something that I want to try out. So I'm gonna I'm testing the waters now this year without committing to it, like, 100%. But I, I just want to see what it's like. And in fairness, already I've got a lot more respect for coaches and, and the amount of work that they have to do and put in to... To get a to get a rugby team organised, yeah. God, like <laughs> I'm putting in hours and trying to, I'm I'm on the phone more than ever, just trying to get things organised. So um, it's it's tough work, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. And yeah, I think it it would be a nice career path and a career change. As I said, I've got 13, 14 years experience in in rugby already. So why why not try it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're dead right. Um, Ian, so give us a little insight on how you think your uh, former teammates did this first weekend at the URC. Did you enjoy it? Uh, well, I've been with a few teams, so I've been kind of I've been kind of keeping an eye on everyone. Obviously, um, where, where my heart is is uh, watching Munster there um, last night, and uh, a little bit of a, a shaky start. Um, it, it, and it, it's kind of like it always happens in your first preseason or first season matches. A lot of lads were trying so hard that it just wasn't coming off. But in the end, they they came good and what scored six tries. The return of Simon Zebo scoring two tries. Um, it, it it was it was good to see fans back in Tomlin Park. It was actually, just good to see fans back at matches in general. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, it was it was an enjoyable weekend of of URC and 
and, and even the South African teams uh, joining in now. Yeah. Sounds like you really enjoyed it. So have you been in touch with any of the lads as well? Did you get any good feedback from them or did you get a chance to speak to any of them just yet? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm living in Limerick and uh, Limerick's quite a small town. So, and they still go to the same coffee shop that uh, I always go to. So oh, brilliant. you bump into them quite a lot. But like, listen, there's always uh, positivity around pre-season time because mainly it's just getting fit, working on your plays and there's no real opposition. So all the boys have been in, in good form. <laughs> Everyone's in good form when there's there's no losses under the belt. That's uh, it. There's but, a good buzz around, especially yeah, in Limerick yeah, because it's so small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got a good body. You've got your fit. You're healthy. You've, you've been at the gym for most of the most of the summer, so everyone's in good form. But um, they'll be happy enough with um, last night's um, last night's win, and I, I think they'll start building nicely through the season. Yeah, yeah, you must have been delighted for. Um, I'm assuming you were good friends with Simon when he was uh, when you were at Munster. I mean, a nice, nice character to bring back into the the changing rooms. But it's good to see him get straight off the mark, get those nerves out of the way. Two tries and two good tries. Uh, yeah, I know him and uh, Keith Earls are having a, having it out for the for the top try scorer of all time for Munster. Uh, Gavin, so, Coom, Gavin, who's uh, might catch him yet? He's got 17 tries already. Like him, he's 22. He might catch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I say he will. But um, I, I was actually on the way um, to a birthday party yesterday, and uh, I just hear a beep beep, and I looked over, and it was of course. Zeebs with the with the blair with the with the tunes blaring in the car. Fancy beat the fancy BMW from the sponsorship deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in his blacked out BMW. So um, he was he was all smiles. So he was in good form going to the match anyway, oh. and I think it showed in his performance. He just listen. That's the way he's always played. Some coaches don't like it, uh, but he's always played with a, with a smile on his face, and I think it's the way the game should be played. Yeah, do do you think Munster? I mean, looking at Munster this year, like do you, do you see them going places? Like, I mean, like so many. You've been in part of that team for a long time. So many heartbreaks, so many semi-finals, so many finals. Do you think they're ready to kick on this year, Ian? Uh, it's 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 so hard. Like you, it's so hard being from the outside. You don't know what's what's really going on in there, and all you can base it in is their is their first performance and so far. And like what as I said, they they did get a good win. They scored forty-two points. Obviously, it still is a good performance, um, but they're still, I, they're still chasing. They're just still that little bit, just basing it now on the first match. They're still that little bit behind Leinster. Just when watching that Leinster performance, the high tempo, the the passing, the accuracy, and and the, the precision. There might be just just a step behind behind Leinster again, just just based on that one performance. But now. I, I hope I hope they are kicking on. I really I'd love to see them. As I said, I've played with loads of those players, and I'd want nothing more for them to to lift some silverware. They haven't they haven't done it in in ten years or so. So what did you think of the performance of Craig Casey, who um, got play of the match there? Yeah, listen, Craig Casey, um, the energy that he brings to the <laughs> to the match and such uh, a young player. <laughs> yeah, and and listen, I I saw over the weekend a, a photo of Craig when when I think he was in fourth year and playing against. Fellow, fellow other fourth years fifth year guys and he looked like a little kid <laughs> oh it's it's incredible i don't know if you ever see it but like for him to like to be at that size and to develop to develop his skills and to work hard and he's had 
serious injuries as well to get to where he is now where he's in the Irish setup and you just see every time he plays he, he's a standout player for Munster now and and uh, I know Murray's there but he, he's really putting pressure on Murray now and it, it, listen it's a great thing for Munster to have that strength and depth and then uh, another standout player is obviously uh, Coom- Coomsey uh, who's who's going to be seen as a direct replacement now for uh, CJ Stander and he scored two tries yes or yeah, yesterday, and he looks like he's uh, he's taken up the mantle of CJ, and he's going to be pushing uh, lads for top try score at the this year again. Yeah, pushing it on big time means that definitely um, an outstanding player, that's for sure. So um, let's move on to um, you mentioned how there's a big gap between Leinster and Munster at the moment. So with the scoreline as well, yesterday they beat the Bulls there thirty one three. What are your thoughts on on the match there? Leinster just seemed like. Just a little bit, a step above everyone else again. At the the way, uh, and, and since I've gone into coaching, I've started like talking to more, more other coaches about different coaching styles, and they all complement the way Leinster train at such a high intensity, and uh, and um, how Leo Cullen um, how drives standards up there, um, yeah. along along with Lancaster. Um, What's it called? Tuesdays they call it. Doesn't have to do with that intensive session with Stuart Lancaster. Yeah, yeah, it's meant to be pretty intense. But like, if you're and 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 he drives standards through through the whole squad, through even the academy. They bring, I know they bring up academy boys, and if they're not up to scratch, like they're they're sent back down packing. So it just puts a little bit of peer pressure among amongst the whole squad to be up to that level, which is why they've got such a good squad and strength and depth. And um, yeah, it, it sounds like a bit of a bit of a fortress up there at the moment. Like you could look at Leinster at 31-3 and Munster 42-17 and you're probably like, oh, Munster scored more points. But looking at the Leinster performance and the intensity and some of the tries, they, they got, I think Leinster were just that, they were just that little step above Munster this weekend and, and they look like the team to, to catch this year. And once again, uh, Josh Josh Van der Fleer got man of the match and he was, he was pretty... He was awesome. He was Smash everywhere. Machine. Yeah, he was yeah. absolutely everywhere like, on the pitch. It was, and it's and it's actually the stuff that's probably the the guys and or the people in the crowd. It's a lot of work that he, that people don't see. Like he, obviously, he scored scored a great try, but he does phenomenal work that that people don't see. Yeah, and um, that's 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 really what tells them the difference. And they've got a good few players to come back as well to to add to that. So. The Leinster look like look like they're going to be strong again this year. Like like every year, we seem to be saying that every year. Yeah, look, they're they're going to be the favourites again. Going into this entire tournament, without a doubt, like they're going to be the favourites, and they're they're the team to catch. But um, looking at um, looking up north, our friends up north, Ulster, a lot of positives for them. Uh, good win over Glasgow Warriors. Um, you, you mentioned there as well. You're you're, you're coaching some uh, younger lads in in Munster at the moment. Nathan Doak with Ulster, 19 years of age, off the bench after 30 minutes, and he looked every bit an Ulster player. Glasgow, and they might yet. Dobie, and it's charged down, and it's Will Addison for Ulster, who's been on the injury wagon wheel for so long, who nearly gets it. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a real focus of um, Ireland over the last year, few years, is to, is to start bringing through uh, a lot more young players. And yeah, uh, uh, Doki, I actually uh, was coached by his dad. He's uh, he, he's 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 obviously coached very well by him, and uh, he looks like another 
right number nine for the for the future. And uh, with Ulster, I, I worked under Dan McFarland, who's the head coach of Ulster, and a lot of the, he's a very good coach, a real likable guy, and it's a guy that you want to play for. And uh, the Ulster lads seem to be playing there. And obviously, I was with Glasgow for six months last year, so. I know Nigel Carolyn, who's uh, the backs coach for Glasgow, and he's he's uh, he, or he's sorry the attack coach for Glasgow. Yeah, and he's in there now. And Glasgow looked like they were playing really good rugby, and they just lost that at the death to Ulster. So, yeah, it's uh, it's looking it's it's looking like it's going to be a pretty good league again this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, looking at another one of your former teams, Connacht, um, they were unlucky the weekend, weren't they? They, they played well. Yeah, I, and yeah, they did. They're they're. They're, they're very good there. I, I think they're in another little bit of a transition period with, as I said there, Nigel Carlin has gone from Connacht to um, to Glasgow. So they've got two new new coaches in there and uh, Mossy Lawler has taken over their uh, attack. So there, there is going to be a little bit of um, a little bit of t- period in time, or changing in time for for him to get settled. And it, it kind of looked like that yesterday. They, they still looked good. They looked like a lot of flair. But um but Cardiff just had a bit too much for them. Yeah, yeah. Look, those away games, they're always going to be tough. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking of that, like, I remember last year, there was quite a lot of away wins without the fans, but now the fans are back. And I think uh, I think there was only two away victories this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Lions, the Lions beat Zebra. And I think, well, Drag, Ospreys were beating Dragons there. And, um. But I'm pretty sure that the, the yeah the Ospreys beat the Dragons, so there was only two away wins, which is probably the the factor of the home fans coming back. And listen to this, yep, probably the biggest of the night after Zebo's try. Certainly, great to see him back. Right, so guys, moving on to Troy of the weekend. A uh, couple of contenders here, but maybe I'm a bit biased. But <laughs> Simon Zebo. Look who's on the chairs here. They're queuing up. finishes tonight on his night with Simon Zebo going down for Munster. I think Simon Zebo's second <laughs> second try against the Sharks. I mean, if you look at it, it was a stunning team move. Some slick passing mm-hmm. from Clota, Osborne, Haley, that the little kick from Dan Goggin through, and then lovely Zebo took his time, waited for the ball to bounce up properly, and touched lovely it down. Uh, what do you think? Ian? It wasn't a bad try, was it? Yeah, yeah, I loved I loved Simon Trios. Well, I loved his first try and his second try, but uh, his second try had a lovely bit of interchange with the whole team. Um, Osborne, who's a, a new player into Munster, linking up with Haley, uh, onto, onto Dan Goggin, and Dan Goggin's lovely little grubber through, and uh, Zebo even uh, having the poise to tell everyone to get away from the ball while, while he put the ball over the line was, uh, was, a, was a nice touch of class. So. Is that poise now, or is that just greediness? Like, or is that just kind of get out of my way? Like, I want another try. <laughs> we call it poise for now. <laughs> because, of, because it's the family show, we call it poise. We call it poise. <laughs> Maybe he, he was just worried the fact that Thomas Ahern in the second row was catching up with him, and he could have scored to try himself. <laughs> We're lucky the ref Mike wasn't close by, and he was telling what he really thought. <laughs> um, we've we've looked at try try of the uh, the week, but we've also got an award here that we're going to make a regular on the show called the jukebox award. So uh, jukebox that that stems from. Uh, 
an old nickname from that Ty Furlong used to have. So he used, used to call him the jukebox because the hits keep on coming. Ah, very good. <laughs> For anyone that's <laughs> yeah. not familiar with that. But like what that is essentially, I don't know, uh, Ian, what, what phrase you use or Megan, what phrase you use, but I'd often say bop. So a bop is like a sit down or a, a, a big fend or a big tackle. So you're looking at bop of the week, the jukebox award. So, I mean, this week, I think there was only one contender and it had to have been Josh van der Feer for that, that try in the uh, Bulls game. He absolutely flattened Bulls fullback uh, David Creel on the way to his try. Rose and then Keenan and Van der Flair is there and Van der Flair into the 22. Josh Van der Flair on he goes, over he goes. Did you, did you see that all in the job? Yeah, it nothing worse when when you're in the back and uh, in the backfield or even a back and you see a forward coming at you and you're you're honestly you're hoping that he tries to sidestep you, but when he just. Mm, focuses in and you're like oh god he's coming straight at me here and I, <laughs> there is nothing worse because you're, you're not coming out the other end looking good anyway so yeah uh, it was nice by josh and uh and that his try wasn't just hit of the week it was like a bit of flair but then he had the poise or the bit of everything uh, yeah he, he had everything in it so it was uh yeah it was not a good moment for the fullback for the Bulls. He loves a good bop. I love that saying. I'm going to start using that now. <laughs> yeah. um, bop, bop. They were saying Stephen Ferris over on the Premier Sports said Josh was like a bad smell because he's so hard to shake off. A um, little bit surprised myself. Actually, he was, wasn't was included in the Lions um, squad. What do you think about that, Ian? Uh, listen, the, that area of the field, it's, it's so hotly... Um, there's so many good players and a lot of competition yeah. in the back row yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you had Curry and Hamish Watson like like they're they're phenomenal players as well like you could say he's he's missing out but it, it could be just a coach's choice choice in the end and 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 this was one of the arguments that uh, Irish players and there wasn't an Irish coach on the on the mm-hmm. Lions panel yeah. and maybe a few Irish players missed out and there was two Scottish coaches so maybe they got the vote but Sometimes it just comes to the coach's choice at the end, what, what he sees through his own two eyes. So. He's such a young player, still have so much time yet to, to yeah. make it on the next one. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty, yeah, there's plenty exactly. left in him. Yeah. Um, a few other moments uh, over the weekend that stood out for me. I don't know if any, either of you spotted this uh, in the Munster game. Craig Casey acting the maggot with Rune Pinar. <laughs> Did you not see that? He held onto the ball over in the corner, wouldn't give it to him. Pinar got a bit ratty, pushed him off. Penalty ended up getting reversed. Like he's always season. getting into fights. There's like a YouTube channel just um, like onto him, just of his clips of him fighting everybody. <laughs> was there any uh, any players like that, like in the Munster team when you were there, Ian? Like they were just general messers, like and look to look to get, get penalties reversed and wind up players on the pitch. Uh, I think it's a bit of game gamesmanship. I think <clears throat> every single player has it now again. Sure. Like rugby, it's it's funny. Like you, all you can do, you can push and shove. Like no one ever throws like an actual punch or or a dig because you you can't anymore. So it's just a bit of gamesmanship to get to get guys wound up. So uh, like Craig was just, I think he knew what he was doing, but sure, all all the ref could do was reverse the penalty. And it's, it's not <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know we're talking a lot about Munster, but like the, all the big points came from the Munster game. Like mm. and it's not just because you got two Munster Munster guys to podcast this week, guys, right? But uh, I mean, if, if we can't go anywhere without speaking about RG Snyman returning. I mean, like after seeing him go off in that game with that knee injury 13 months ago. I mean, Ian, I mean, I'm sure you would have loved to have played alongside someone like him when you were at Munster. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, when I when I left it in, signed like Damon Delande and Orgy Snyman, like they are massive. Sure, the Box World office. Cup winners. Box world office. Winners. Yeah, 
and then it was unfortunate for RG to to pick up that injury and even chatting to the to the guys they they all say like what a what a top guy he is like even though he got that horrific injury he was still a good bloke around the place helping young guys out and I suppose that's what you want as a as a as a, as a squad player and um I, yeah, it's just great to see him and he got a pretty good um uh, a good uh, applause when he came onto the pitch last night and hopefully that will be the little missing link that um Munster are missing this year and when they get the Lande back from the to the South African uh, tour he'll um he's going to add something because he was very good last year as well. Yeah, well, I, I, I personally think I think he's I think he's the best centre in the world. I mean, if you look at him in that line store, he was the best player. He was the player of the championship. If you were to crown an overall player, I think you've got Snyman coming. But I, I think it's a fair statement to make. Yeah. I think he's that good, and he can make he can make that difference for Munster going forward. Yeah, no, listen, he, he's top quality. He can do everything. He can he can be your 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 bop player as we're calling him. <laughs> But <laughs> um, he's, he's got a passing game. He's got swerve. He's got guile. Um, he's just kind of your all all round player. Yeah. I mean, like you're a te- you're a tenian. Like I mean, I'm sure your life would be made a lot easier if you had him in there on the inside. You <laughs> make your yeah, life a lot easier. <laughs> so sometimes these players just give them the ball and they'll, they'll just create something. So yeah, just let him. Just you know, Joey. Joey will be just passing the ball a lot this year, just to him. And <laughs> uh, about Joey, actually, um, I know he's he's still kind of getting back from that injury. Um, Couple of misses off the tee, miss a lot of tackles. What do you think? I mean, do you think still think he's everyone makes him out to be the the the, the successor to Johnny Sexton? Do you think he has it in him? Uh, listen, he he's coming off a, a pretty serious injury as well, where people a lot of people are saying that he's uh, like he, his career could have ended, and and he, he got back, he fought back, and it just shows that he wants it. Like um, I, I'd give him a lot more time than just basing him on one match last night. He's listen, he's a I saw when he came. He's he's a top class goal kicker. He's got a lot of flair. He's got a, he's he's a classy player. And listen, I I definitely give him the time and the investment. Um, I just wouldn't judge him on one game back in in, in what he hasn't played in a couple of months. So yeah, let's yeah. Let's, let's give him a few more games and then um, talk about that a bit, a bit more in depth. But like, listen, from what I've based on on um, previously, like yeah, he's he's a quality player and. Um, yeah, he could he could there be there to take the mantle. That's it. He's still young. He's still young. What about Ben Healy as well? Fifty two meter penalty. Was was he there when you were at Munster? Yeah, he was kind of coming up through the ranks. Uh, he, he, listen, Ben's he's, he's a very confident player. Um, he, he backs himself. Um, listen, he's still working. He's still young. He's working on the basics, which which you need to go through and you need and to do to get to know, get to a certain stage. You have to make mistakes. He will make mistakes, uh, but. Listen, he's got a few things. Do you know what he's, he spirals the ball to touch as well, which is a it's a dying art in the game, and it's it's good to see him doing that. And, and he's he's very good uh, ball out of hand. And as you said, what fifty two meter kick and no, 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 no. fifty two meters, and it's and it sails. So <laughs> it could have easily been a sixty meter kick, yeah. which is uh, it's it's actually kind of unheard of in the north. What was your range? Like what were you about forty forty five? Here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only slagging. Would you would you hit fifty two? Would you? Oh, come here! There's not many guys out there that can hit fifty meter penalties. Like I, I, I listen. I, uh, early on in my career, when I was Ben's age, what, what did he kick? Fifty two. I was fifty three. Um, <laughs> no, I was I was around fifty meters. But honestly, as I got older, uh, the power started to the, the legs start the legs start yeah. to go. Yeah, <laughs> a bit shaky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I just wanted to touch on um, the refs as well, letting the match flow really well this weekend. I know like last year there was a quite a lot of stop start, always checking the TMO. I just found it really positive. Um, positive flow yeah. to the matches yeah, I, noticed, I noticed that myself yeah I think it was a massive improvement um, th- there was an awful lot of TMO stoppages I mean Ian did you find that yourself when you, when you were playing especially over here it kind of seems to be sometimes uh, the small little decisions that don't really need to be looked at the referee needs to take ownership and they're starting to do that yeah I think it's definitely that has to come into the game because with the TMO it was a slowing up play mm-hmm. to be, uh, and to, to back up the referees uh, and why they did that it's because you have to remember this is a professional sport. You're yeah. and a lot of matches were coming down to big decisions, and the referees didn't want to get big decisions wrong. Um, so that's why they they went to the TMO so much to, to check it because like it's their livelihood. If they don't get these big decisions right, that's what they're judged on. And mm-hmm. as well, coaches come in, they write their refs report, and they come they they, they scrutinise referees so much. And obviously, referees scrutinise themselves so much. So they want to get these big decisions right. But with the better flow, and I think with the TMO, if he, if he sees anything, he can just come in, check, check, and then, then the referee can come back to it. But I think the general flow, let the flow of the game go. If the TMO is watching... He can see see something. He'd be like, "Okay, I do think we need to check on that." I think that's the way forward. Yeah, yeah they mentioned that, um, particularly the Connors match. I found the Italian referee was um, brilliant and making the um, game flow. And he he just he backed himself with his confidence with, with some of the decisions, especially with some of the cards. There was a few yellow cards in that match. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, we have enough stoppages in rugby as it is with scrums yeah. and stuff. So like we just need the game flow. Like and we don't want to be sitting here and having a, an eighty minute rugby game lasting one hundred and forty minutes. Like just like let's let's let the game flow and let them take take ownership as you said. But uh, right. I mean, apart from that, pretty pretty positive weekend. We can we agree to that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Good start to the URC. And I, uh, listen, I can't wait for the South African players to to come back. And we're, <laughs> that's when the South African teams are the big really boys come to full strength. Yeah. And around Christmas time, January, February, that's when this this competition is really gonna really gonna take off. Um, and then we'll have all our European boys going down to South Africa against some really challenging teams down there. So it, it's a good start, and uh, it's only going to get better, I think. That's it. Ian, thanks so much for joining us on today's show. You were absolutely fantastic, and I hope to have you back again soon. Yeah, certainly was. We'll definitely have you back on at some stage, Ian, without a doubt. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to, to listening into the show in the future. Excellent, thanks. So look, an exciting start. Um, I just want to, like I said, go back on that point as well about the scorelines in the, the Munster Sharks and the Leinster Bulls game particularly. I mean, I don't think that's a fair reflection of those South African sides. I think people have to realise that these guys have got a lot of players to come back into this. They're, it's going to take them time to adapt to this brand new competition, travelling all over the world. They're going to get better and like all in all, it's going to be it's going to be good for the championship it's going to be good for rugby on this side of the world without a doubt without a doubt it's um it's it looks really impressive and it's so exciting just to have a bit of new energy into into the Irish rugby here as well like it's great to watch and I'm very excited to see what's to come from new players and players coming back into the into the squads like some of those big South African players who aren't even um, playing just yet so yeah. it's, it's exciting I mean yeah look I mean look at them over the weekend I mean they almost beat the All Blacks the weekend you know, I mean, you know the All Blacks won the rugby championship the weekend um, but like it took a last minute kick from Jordy Barrett for them to win it like and a lot of those guys are going to come back into those four franchises in the URC 
and like it's, they're going to it's going to make it a stiff competition it's going to be difficult it will be yeah the big congratulations to the All-Backs for winning for winning that rugby championship on Saturday as well yeah we're going to be playing them four times now this year is it we four? Have, yeah we've got the November International coming up yeah. the Autumn International and then we've got a three test series a coming up with coming them. Up. it's a lot of rugby like, but um, I, I think to be honest with you after watching that game I think they look beatable I don't think I still think look at the end of the day they're the All Blacks they're New Zealand you know for a reason but I do think looking at that game depending on our, how Ireland go like and what we see from Ireland coming into those Autumn Internationals into that series I think have a good shot but it was heartbreaking for the world champions um, who looked who looked really good that weekend and much to be improved as well yeah yeah without a doubt without a doubt so before we go, we're going to bring your attention to some of the highlights of the weekend from social media, especially one that I absolutely love from Simon Zebo, um, giving his boost to one of his young fans. I think his mother, Marissa Reedy, she tweeted as if seeing Simon Zebo back in Thorman Park wasn't good enough. He only went and found Hannah in the crowd and gave her her match boots. And it was amazing to have him back. And it was a, such a lovely uh, gesture from Simon Zebo. It's a lovely story. It's a lovely story. If you, if you kind of Google it and look back, there's a there's plenty of articles there it's a story that's been going on for a while with, with Simon and Hannah he always looks out for her in the crowd and he's given her jerseys and stuff in the past he even brought her over to France over to Racing 92 and I know she suffers with a condition and look he's just a top guy like on and off the pitch Yeah I think it's close to his heart because um, his mother was saying that she suffers from cystic fibrosis okay. and anytime she, he does see her he always makes the effort to go and say hello uh, and everything that's, it's brilliant That's brilliant That's brilliant. Um, well it's a lot of talk over the weekend about uh, Leinster's front row so, I mean, Andrew Porter, as you know, he began his career as a loose head and he got switched over to tight head because at the time you had, mm-hmm. you had Healy and McGrath there, so he was looking to get in. But um, Could we see Porter as a future Ireland number one? Well, I mean, look, Keane Healy isn't getting any younger and Tyler Furlong isn't going anywhere. And this is a guy that's played. I mean, if you look back at the, the over the summer, he was originally supposed to be brought over to the Lions Tour as cover for both sides. Was. That was the plan. So if he didn't get that toe injury, you know, he he could have ended up playing a loose head, at loose head in a midweek game for the Lions. You know, so who's to say he can't play there for Ireland? That's right. Uh, I saw someone over there on Twitter um, yesterday evening. He pointed out that Andrew Porter won a penalty at loose head for his first, in his first scrum, and then Keane Ely won a penalty at tight head in his first scrum. I mean, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's good that someone actually pointed that out. As well. yeah. <laughs> that's a rarity. That's that's something. That's something for the the, the pub quizzes. <laughs> that's right. Craig Casey, he's coming up um, on our podcast today. Um, he had a really good post match interview. Yeah, one hundred percent. We're striving for trophies this year. Obviously, it's the first game of the season, and we'll take it block by block. But um, I think it's about time we bring home a trophy now. So here it goes. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a Limerick man. I'm a Munster man. It's close to the heart, like because we it has been. A, it's been a long time since we won anything. You know, I go back. I think it was 2010, 11. The Magnus League was the last it's time. Been that long. That's how long it's been since Munster have won anything. Like so, there isn't a curse it's, it's, there. But it's good to see. But that's what happens when you bring these young guys in. They've got that ambition. Yeah. They want to win things. But um. Uh, another great tweet I saw this weekend I don't know if you saw this Megan um, it was actually Connacht and Andy Friend that had, that had put it out and retweeted it it was uh, Shane Jennings scored an absolute worldly in the HSBC 7s blind uh, yeah I mean Connacht could do it getting Ooh. him back I mean Andy Friend was there. <laughs> Andy Friend was impressed so he might be getting him back sooner than you, sooner than you think as soon as but, possible <laughs> <laughs> soon as possible but look guys that's I mean that's that's all we've got time for this week unfortunately I know you want to keep listening to us but uh, I don't know about you Megan but I mean 
it feels great to be talking about rugby again, doesn't it? Yes, you're right, Jason. It's absolutely brilliant to be talking about rugby again. So thanks again to our partners, Bank of Ireland, proud sponsors of the Four Provinces. We'll see you next week for round two, where we'll see Connors take on the Bulls, Ulster against Zebra, Munster will be facing the Stormers, and Leinster against the Dragons. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys. House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.